0: Good Thursday, everyone. We are going down a list of ways on how to bring the best out in our kids. The first was to strengthen your marital relationship. The second was to fill your child's emotional reservoir. The third, give a sense of belonging and destiny. The fourth, give physical tenderness. Five, use encouraging words. Six, give focused attention. Seven, give teaching and training. Eight, create a nurturing atmosphere. And nine, model good behavior. Now that brings us to the tenth one, and that is to creatively plan. If you're going to bring out the best in your kids, you need to plan to do it, and you need to find creative ways. Deuteronomy 6 and verse 5 says, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house, And on your gates. Now, this Old Testament portion of Scripture is admonishing us on how to teach our children. And it tells us first that you need to have it in your own heart, in your own soul, and living it with all your strength. And that's what we said yesterday. You need to model good behavior. But you also, as it says here, need to teach them diligently to your children. And it tells us when you should do this. He says you should talk to them when you sit in your house when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. In other words, you just need to be teaching all the time. Wherever you are, whether you're in your house, or whether you're outside the house, whether you're lying down, or whether you're up. Use every moment to teach your children. It's just finding teachable moments during the day. Something happens as you're with your children. And you use it as an opportunity to show them that that's good behavior or that's bad behavior or the way that person acted there was very wise or you can show where it wasn't wise. You use everything that happens during the day as an opportunity to teach. This is a full-time job. It says you shall do it diligently. There should be a constant effort put forward towards this. Otherwise, you'll be negligent. You need to plan You need to creatively plan. You need to be focused on this. In fact, it goes on to say, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand. Do you ever see people take a pen and write a note to themselves on their hand so they won't forget it? I've never done that. I've always thought that was a little messy. But this scripture says, you should bind them as a sign on your hand. In other words, you need to do whatever it takes to remind you, put it on your hand. It says, or it shall be as a frontlet between your eyes. If you've ever been in Israel, you'll see some of the Orthodox Jews have actually a string around their forehead with two little things hanging down between their eyes. It's frontlets, and you'd say that would be bothersome and irritating to have that hanging between your eyes. Well, I'm sure it is. But they're doing literally what this verse tells us that we should do with intent. And that is keep it before your mind all the time. Just as if you had something hanging between your eyes that was constantly there, that you saw it no matter where else you were looking. This is how we need to be towards our children. We need to teach them. We need to train them. We need to use every moment that we have to try to raise them in the fear and admonition of the Lord goes on to say in verse 9, you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. Again, it's just telling us, do whatever you have to do to remind yourself to be diligent about this because it's very, very important that you do. You see, there's two aspects to these verses. One, as we've already said, you need to be alert to whatever is happening to use it as a teaching moment with your children. But along with that, you need to schedule time when the family is together, when you're focused on this. As I was growing up, we always had a time which my dad called family worship. It was a time after breakfast where we sat down, the scripture was read, there was discussion around it, and then we'd pray for each other. And that's how we started our day. Every day we started with family worship. Now in my own home, as I tried to implement that, I realized how hard it was to do it. In fact, I admire my parents so much more as I look back and see how consistent they were in this and how inconsistent I was in our own family. Now we did have family worship and there were many times that we did this, but I'd have to say there were a lot of times where we missed it, where we got in a rush, where things were happening, where it just went by the wayside. And I encourage parents today, don't allow that to happen. You have to be diligent. You have to make this a priority in your life. Having time together with your family, where you sit down, where you read the Word of God, where it is explained and talked about, where you pray for one another. There is nothing that will do more, I believe, to draw your family together and have them committed to God than this one activity. Now, to do it, you need to creatively plan. This is something that you need to give some thought to. You have to make it interesting. If your children are normal, they are not wanting to sit for this if it's just a dry time. But you can make it interesting. You can do things. You can think, how would I make this interesting to them? And there are good resources out there. There's devotional books. There's children's stories books. There's all kinds of ways that help you to put together a time where your children can enjoy it and it will be a benefit to them. Now, when I think back, as I was growing up on the farm, we had a double house. My grandparents lived on one side and our family lived on the other side of the house. And it was a little bit like the Waltons, although we never yelled good night to each other. But it was that kind of way. And my grandfather said to me when I was just a little boy, he'd say, He'd say, Kenny, if you come over and we spend some time reading the word of God together, I'll give you a dime. Well, I tell you, when I was growing up, a dime was big money. I mean, you could buy a Coke and a chocolate bar for a dime. So I remember going over and sitting with my grandfather and my grandmother and reading through the book of Genesis and there explaining the stories to me. Now, at the time, the only reason I was there was because I wanted a dime. But you know, as I look back at it now, I got a whole lot more than a dime because things that they said to me, I still have in my memory. And I treasure those memories of being with my grandparents during that time. But they had to motivate me with money to do it. But it worked. I remember in my own family, I said to the children, listen, for every verse you memorize, I will give you a dollar. Now when I first said that, I thought to myself, I'm going to get poor and my kids are going to get rich over this. And I did give them a fair amount of money, but you know, it was the best way I could spend a dollar. I'd see those kids in there memorizing verses, and I told them, you have to do five verses at a time, and it has to be word perfect, and if you do, I'll give you five dollars. And that's how it was. Now, I'm not suggesting you should do that, but I just found that it worked for me. And I know my kids were only memorizing the scripture in order to get the money, but they were getting the word in their heart. And the Bible says, thy word have I hid in my heart that I may not sin against you. And so I just throw some of these ideas out to you. But whatever, I tell you to creatively plan to teach your children the ways of the Lord. Now, 11 in the ways to bring the best out in your kids is expose your children to new experiences says in Luke 2 and verse 41, speaking of the parents of Jesus, His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the Feast of the Passover, and when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem. This was a big time for Jesus. He was 12, and he was being taken to Jerusalem. There he was exposed to the big city, to the temple, and it was spectacular at that time. Quite a change from living in Nazareth. But it was there that he was awakened to the fact that he must be about his father's business. And I just encourage you to do the same for your children. Expose them to something new. Now, it doesn't always have to be a spiritual thing. It can just be as simple as taking a blanket out and laying in the backyard and looking up at the stars and talking about the different constellations. Or taking them to a zoo or a planetarium and exposing them to something beyond the natural. But again, you need to be focused on this, and diligent about it, and think about it. I have a friend who has four boys. and He is so good at this. If he takes his boys for a walk in the woods, I mean, this is an experience for them. He'll have them look under every rock. They'll see the different kinds of bugs that are there, and and if they don't know what it is, he'll tell them, to well, when we go back, we'll look that up. They'll talk about the trees and the woods and the different kinds there are and how they grow. They'll talk about the birds and how they build nests. And I tell you, it's just a learning experience to be with this man. And I've admired him so many times as I've seen him interact with his kids. And his kids have grown up and become engineers and other professionals because of his sowing into their lives at a young age. And so expose your children to new experiences. And number 12, be ready to release them. Scripture says in Proverbs 22 and verse 6, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. There is a time when you train up your children, and then there's a time to release them and let them test their own wings. I find sometimes that parents shelter their kids too much. They don't allow them to test their own judgment. I remember being in the mall with our family when they were young, And my oldest, who was around 12 at the time, wanted to go off on his own. And at first I said, no, no, uh, you stay with the family. And he said, well, why can't I go off on my own? And I thought for a moment, and I could think of all kinds of things that he could go wrong. But I thought to myself, you know, I need to release him. He's getting older, and he needs to be able to feel like he's on his own and can make some decisions. And so I said, okay, but meet us back a certain amount of time. I didn't want to do that, but I realized at the time it's not good to keep smothering him. I needed to release him. Now, as your kids reach those teenage years, it's a difficult decision to make because you have to release them, and yet at the same time watch over them enough that they don't hurt themselves in some of the decisions that they would make. It's a real balancing act, but God will help you to do it. That's the time for today. We'll be back tomorrow. I'm Ken Miles. Bye for now. Life in Balance is a ministry of KW Christian Fellowship. We are located at 1000 Bleams Road in Kitchener. We would love to have you join us this Sunday for one of our services. The times are 9.30 and 11.30. Just go to our website at kwcf.org to register and to check out all our other activities. We have events for children, youth, and people of all ages. Our mission is to connect people with God and each other so we may fulfill our purpose in life. Till next time, may God keep your life in balance.